Watching live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The Giants feel as though they don't really have a plan. The Giants feel like they kind of figure things out as they go. Like taking a running back number two overall is, is the action of a team that doesn't really have a plan. That's what you do when you are a running back away from winning a championship. All of it feels like they're just kind of reacting to the circumstances as opposed to putting together everything based on some blueprint. If they have a blueprint, I don't know what it looks like. And I'm unfortunately, I'm not sure they do either. Mike Greenberg. Hey, knowing what you know about running backs, it's interesting. Saquon Barkley, as good of a player as he is, as talented as a player as he is, do you, do you think most teams would pick him in the top three, top five? Or do you think the Giants now regret it? I mean, I think there's a little bit of regret because of the injuries. Yeah. But, you know, if he was able to stay healthy uh, of what he's shown you, no, because it's almost like the Christian McCaffrey effect where you get a running back, but you get also a receiver as well. So um, if he would stay healthy, I don't think they would regret it at all. But the fact that, you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, He has been hurt um, a lot. So, yeah, right now I'm sure they're thinking we should pick somebody else. Yeah, but in, in reality, though, this is going to sound outrageous, I understand. But in reality, the Jags got more out of taking Leonard Fournette top five than the Giants have received out of Saquon Barkley. So it, far, it, yeah, just because it, Saquon's been hurt. Yeah. Well, and not only that, it, again, I, I will go to my grave saying they don't get to the AFC Championship game without Leonard Fournette. Yeah. You know, so he helped them get deep, uh, one of the deepest runs this organization has ever had. I'm not saying it's right, but it uh, – but, yeah, but at the same time, if you had an opportunity to draft Saquon Barkley or Leonard for another top five, ten times out of ten you're taking Saquon Barkley. Yeah, well, and Saquon Barkley, by the way, might help the Jags get to the AFC Championship, too. You know what I mean? How? No. <laughs> what? Well, he if if the Jags had picked him, he might have oh, helped them get got, to the same. Yeah, okay, I I, I, I'm I not saying you. I would take Leonard Fournette over Saquon Barkley. Gotcha, okay, what I'm okay. saying is there's more value in what the Jags did because it helped them get somewhere. Sure, right sure. Right now, Saquon Barkley's just a guy who sells jerseys good at fantasy football, and you hope he stays healthy. Sure. He, like there, he hasn't done anything to move their organization forward. Uh, yeah, those those are all fair points. Absolutely. And, and you like. And so from Greenberg's perspective right there, I think he's kind of right in the fact that that's why you, that's the cherry on top, right? And, and in the Jags sense, that they kind of took him in that role. Like, they had what they had defensively. They were not going to change at quarterback at the moment. Uh, they had a couple of things on offense, and they said, okay, this is the guy on, over the top. At least if you're going to take a guy at top five in a running back situation, it's the guy that puts you over the top. I guess you could kind of make the same thing for Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's had a nice career. He's picked in the top five. But has he moved their organization forward for See, the Dallas Cowboys? Here, so here's the crazy thing, though, about Saquon Barkley. Because, you know, yes, he has had injury history, and he plays on a team um, that hasn't been good. He's played in 31 games, and he's got total in his career 2,344 yards. If you take Leonard Fournette, he's played in 49 games. So that's twice eight, as many, essentially. 18 right? more games, and he's, he's rushed for 2,998 yards. So he only has uh, Saquon Barkley by 600 yards about. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and that's, I guess that's not surprising. Listen, I, again, this this conversation is not nowhere near is Saquon Barkley a better player than Leonard Fournette. I'm asking from an organizational point of view, 
in the context Greenberg just had, it's kind of the last piece you do. Instead, Barkley is this great player, or can be this great player, that they decided to almost build around in New York. And the same with Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm just not sure either one is working. Heck, it feels like Ezekiel Elliott was paid reluctantly and now falling out of favor in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it's you got to be careful there of when you make that pull. If you're going to draft a running back, even if they're really good, talented, when you do that, where are you as an organization? It's not an early building block kind of play. Uh, so, And there's really not that guy in the draft this year, is there, Austin? Uh, no, I, I mean, you know, ETN could be the first guy to go. Um, and even if that's going to be the case, it's going to be later first round or second round. So no, there's not like a Saquon Barkley per se. Yeah. Um, I, listen, something I didn't get to yesterday and I, I felt like it surrounded the NCAA tournament a little bit. And so I want to ask you about it, but I think it's in all sports. I think football's a little bit less. It's a rotational thing. So sometimes you'll just play a rotation in hockey. There's lines, but I think one of the hardest things to do for a coach, and and I'm sure people could list a myriad of things, but I think in baseball, when do you pull that relief pitcher? When do you keep him in? When do you pull that starting pitcher? When do you keep him in? Now, the rules have kind of changed a little bit where you got to keep the guy in for three batters now as a reliever. And in basketball, when do you take that guy out? When do you give him rest? Or when there's foul situation, how long do you keep him in? I think, and, and watching the NCAA tournament the last few days, uh, we see this in the NBA a lot, too. I think as a coach, a manager, or whatever, I think that's a really hard thing to do. I, I think it's a, it's a gut sometimes. Analytics don't always show you that, right? We're not into the analytics of that yet, I don't believe, when to take a guy out, mm-hmm. uh, when to keep him in. I think it's really it might be the hardest thing a coach has to do, especially in those sports of baseball and basketball, is when to keep a guy in and when to pull him. Yeah, this to me this comes down to relationships and obviously a gut feeling. Um, you know, like to, to to tackle your point, there should never be a time where analytics are, are going to dictate of when somebody should come out or not, because it's like I always say when it comes to analytics in terms of like listen, analytics in terms of preparation for an opponent, yes. But analytics during a game, whether you kick a field goal or go for two because that's what the numbers say, you know I have an issue with that because you take out the emotion uh, and you take out the energy. And those are two vital things that take place uh, in a football game that should account for some sort of variable. And the formula does not take account into those variables. So when we talk about taking out somebody – you have to go off of, like, what type of guy is this? Like, everything that I know about him, can he get out of this or not? And every person's going to be different. So this is where, like, relationships come in a little bit. Because you just can't go to a book and say, okay, well, this guy's got to come. Well, no, because everyone's different. Everybody handles adversity differently. So I think if you're a coach, it's important to build those relationships, to get to know your players, not rule with an iron fist and have a dictatorship, because that way, when you do face the adversity, you know exactly how much you can poke and prod before they can't take it anymore, and you got to take them out. Well, if you're a manager or a coach, again, I really think basketball and baseball come into play here more than anything else. I think you could create situations in football, like uh, we've talked about it before. Why wasn't Chris Conley in more in the red zone, right? didn't make sense to us. Like, should he be in in that situation? Should your running back be in in a certain situation? I think it's a little bit less in football. I can make the case for it in hockey in certain situations. When do you pull the goalie? When do you not, right? Mm. Uh, but again, I really think this is baseball, like Grady Little, Pedro Martinez, trust your guy ride with your guy or not 
or die with your guy. Uh, basketball especially has a lot of it. When to give a guy a rest in the NBA, when not to, when to uh, in college as well, around these timeouts. But really, foul trouble says a lot. Uh, would you? Do you think you would lean more on leaving a guy in and trusting them just as an overall basis, and that's your starting point? Or would you lean on taking them out and making a change? I mean, it, it completely depends what kind of situation we're talking about. Like, if we're talking about a pitcher, that's one thing. If we're talking about a guy who's in foul trouble, that's another thing. Yeah, like, I will say this. The reason I ask it that way is I would – I'm a believer, I think, by nature, that I would have left Pedro Martinez in the game as well. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm going to leave my guy in. Sure. I That's my guy. 100 pitches be damned. Um even though the numbers said otherwise. I think I would probably take a guy like Suggs out yesterday and play the old way and not put him back in the entire first half. That was a little bit different because they got in, they got so deeply down that they needed something. But by rule, I see a lot of coaches. I'll tell you what, I do a lot of UNF games. I think Matthew Driscoll t- trusts his players a bunch in these spots. And I'm like, whoa, I don't think you should be putting them in, Coach. Like, internally I'm saying that. Yeah. Like, I kind of go on the conservative route of, I'm not my guy around at the end of the game. I don't know if I trust him as well as you do. But to your point, I think coaches do. So that's where I would sit. I would say I'm going to ride my guy as long as possible, and I'm a big league manager, and I'm going to probably be a bit more conservative in terms of foul trouble because I don't want somebody picking up a ticky-tack foul in basketball. Yeah, I think when it comes to baseball and your guys in, I think that I'd be a little more lenient. I mean, you know, once again, depending how the game flow is going, but I'd probably leave him in as opposed to in a in a basketball game, uh, you know, where he has the two or three fouls and I got to take him out. Like there, there's other variables to think of, right? Like if it's a pitcher, it's just a pitcher. Like either you throw a great ball or you don't, and it falls on you. So, you know, do I trust you or not? In the basketball game, well, what are the refs calling? Are the refs calling ticky-tack stuff? Well, that's a variable i got to take into account. Um, are you facing an aggressive team where they're going to try to get you another foul? That's a variable that has to be taken into account a little more. So there's a lot more variables that can come up, I think, in a basketball game where I would be hesitant to leave the player in just because there's so much that is out of that player's control. I'm going to go one more with you on this because it came up last night. A bunch of guys in foul trouble from Suggs early on to, which I do think kind of changed a little bit the early pace of that game and tone of the game. But then Baylor got in a bunch of foul trouble uh, with their bigs, and Gonzaga just could never take advantage of it. But Baylor got in foul trouble. The Big East went to this for a season. It might have been two. In just the regular season, they went to six fouls, the NBA rule instead of the five, which is across college basketball. I was thinking about this last night watching that game, man. There are so many goofy fouls in basketball. Like, your feet get tangled up, it's a loose ball hustle play, and you get called. Or Quite frankly, the official will miss one now and then. It just happens. It's human nature. That I think I would be okay with six fouls in college basketball. I don't think it would – I don't want endless fouls. But I think I'd be okay with six fouls. I don't like – When we get in these kind of situations, and I probably don't like it in any game, but I really don't like it when we get in these kind of situations and players are fouling out. We actually saw it in the UConn game Saturday night. Now, I don't think it made the difference, but one of their star players, their hottest player from the floor that day, fouls out with like four minutes to go for UConn. And she was like their only offense for a bit. Yeah. So... Would you be okay with six fouls? I, I, I know the, again, Big East tried it. I think this has been discussed over time. They sit at five. I, I'm kind of a traditionalist in a lot of sports ways. But 
I didn't like the fact that guys are sitting on the bench with three, four fouls, and we're not getting the best product out there because one of them got wrapped up in like a ticky-tack foul at the top of the key. I mean, being a child of the 90s who grew up in that era of NBA where it was like if you go to the lane, you better bring your you know, your, your hard hat, your lunch pail. Um, sure, why not? You know, uh, I would rather see more players play than actually get you know fouled out. Like nobody wants to see that, in my opinion, unless you're going against a team that you want to lose. So I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I, I think that the, the more fouls, the merrier, because I, I definitely want to see a more physical brand of basketball. And there's too many times where refs have too much control in a game. And they they can dictate the flow of a game, which I wouldn't want to see. So, yeah, more fouls and merrier. Yeah, uh, speaking of merry, how about happy hour award time? Five o'clock here on a Tuesday. Taste the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave from tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. Ah, Vita de Luis tequila. I probably have one right here in the office, by the way. <laughs> Taste the islands and every drop of Vita de Luis tequila. Imported directly from tequila, Mexico to Jacksonville Beach. Smooth, all natural, no aldehydes and additives. Blanco, Reposado, or Añejo. Just visit VitaDeLuis.com. Support local Taste the Islands in every drop. More sports talk on the way. Speaking of sports, speaking of the big catch, how about... We check in with the Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Rick Riles on the line right now, 5.15 every day here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Don't forget to check out the show with Rick, 7 a.m. on ESPN 690 on Saturdays. Rick, how you doing? Another beautiful day in town. Boy, I tell you, and, and just so you know, just so we're clear on this, Brent, I have ordered this weather every day for the next four months. Okay, well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Because I hope Mike Burrish delivers. <laughs> This, this was the day I was looking to lock down, and, and so we're going to expect to spend it for much. You know, I enjoy listening to you and Austin so much. And, and you know what the problem is uh, with, with all these decisions about whether or not to pull the pitcher and whether or not to pull the player? The, the problem is hindsight. I mean, you know, no, no matter no matter what um, Paul Beckett and when I was such a big Braves fan, whatever, no matter what Bobby Cox did, if Charlie Lee Brandt gives up the base hit and they lose the World Series, well, that was a bad decision. Yeah, good but point. But if there was no hindsight, every decision would be okay. I got to tell you, there were some good decisions made today by some fishermen, and that was to take the day off and go. I uh, just checked in with Captain David Borges a few minutes ago, and he said the red fish are on fire, but don't get up early. That uh, The water's cool early in the morning, and the tide is too high. To wait for that low tide later on in the day, and the redfish are pushing all over the flats. There's plenty of them, and a lot of fish are oversized. Out in the blue water, the black fin tuna have picked up substantially. Uh, there's a few wahoo around and a few mahi, but tuna have been pretty much the fish of the day out in the blue water. Up in 21 Fathom area, uh, which is about 45 miles offshore, the vermilion snapper and trigger fish have started biting again. Captain Roger Walker checked in from the Surf Center. It was a pretty good day on the whiting once the tide started coming in good. So it looks like we got at least two more days of this weather. It's going to be good fishing, and hopefully I'll have good reports for you from each day. I'll be 70 miles offshore tomorrow, Brent, so I'm hoping I get close enough to shore 
to reach you in the afternoon. But uh, our report each and every day is brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. And I appreciate it, boys. We'll talk with you tomorrow. All right, Rick, have a great day in the water tomorrow. Look forward to it tomorrow here with Rick Riles. Don't forget, check out the show, 7 a.m. ESPN 690 on Saturdays until 9 a.m. And each and every day, the fishing report right here at 515 on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, I got one of these emails that I shared with you guys so you know what's coming up here. But sometimes we get, like, I usually delete a lot of these kind of emails. And I actually deleted this once and got it again. But the title says, Become the Official Major League Baseball Food Tester. Mm. So it starts like this. With the Major League Baseball season starting up again, Bonus Finder are looking for baseball and hot dog super fans to become their official MLB professional food tester. You could be paid $500 with expenses paid to watch baseball and eat some quality hot dogs. Mm. You just got to fill out a form, by the way, to apply. Who's did it? Having already found professional ice cream, cheeseburger, pumpkin pie testers, and most recently a professional Netflix binge watcher, bonusfinder.com, looking for hot dog and baseball lovers to judge. Mm. Are you up for that? Yeah, why not? Would you do it for hot dogs? Absolutely. I would too, man. I I like hot dogs. I know some people just cringed in their car. I'm a big hot dog well, guy. You don't want to see how they're made, but yeah, I love them. I don't care. Like I like like as a I want to tell you something about me. My I don't know if they dared me to do it when I was a kid or somebody in my family was like an, an aunt or uncle or a cousin or whatever, they did it and they liked it and I was like, oh, "I'll try it." I've eaten a raw hot dog before. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, you don't have to, like, I mean, they're essentially already, like, ready yeah. to go. Yeah. You don't got to cook them. Yeah, so it kind of sounds nasty, looks nasty, but I guess kids do it all the time, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of what you do. Hey, the, the, the fact that you just try to flex all over us and me and Coos come back w- <laughs> with a counter flex, like, yeah, we've done that? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, well, I'm glad we're more alike than I thought because oh, for sure. I, I think people find that nasty. Raw hot dogs? Nah, man. I used to do well, it all the time. Well, they find hot dogs already nasty, a lot of people do, but especially yeah, the yeah. raw hot dog. Yeah, no. All the time. All right, so uh, nice little cold hot dog, yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll see, I don't do that. I don't do that anymore. Like, I'd rather have a. I, well, I no, haven't had a raw hot dog in a while. They're better, sure. they're better warm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely better warm. But sometimes you're, you're lazy and you don't want to go to the microwave and you do what you got to do. <laughs> I like that. Good, yeah. good. See, I, I mean, I'm a gas station hot dog guy. Don't mind it. Okay. Don't yeah. mind it at all. In fact, I've eaten many yeah. a lunch at a gas station hot well, dog. See, no, 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 it's kind of the risk reward for the gas station hot dog. <laughs> and like, and like the rotisserie thing, that's a little too risky for me. You got to scope it out a little it's, bit. It's 2021. Come on. But bro. yeah, you got to scope it out. You got to look at the hot dogs yeah. and, and make sure it seems like they haven't you know, been rotating the, for a few the, hours. The whole pandemic thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. All right. So, Coos, you say, what food do you associate each sport with? Yeah. Because this is a hot dog baseball thing. You said you associate golf. And a hot dog. Yeah, because I mean, I, at the turn, I get it. Yeah, and for me, I like that's just I. Every time I go golfing, right, I get a hot dog at the turn. So when I think of going to Citizens Bank Ballpark to watch the Phillies play, I think of like a, a soft, a giant soft pretzel more than I think of a hot dog because that's what I always got, you know. Cheese on the side. Oh yeah. Mouth watering. The beer now. cheese or whatever. Oh, it's oh come on. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny about that? See, I love, <sighs> I like hot dogs. Uh, and what I remember, the my favorite hot dog is like the Little League hot dog you used to get. Mm-hmm. You know, because it wasn't even grilled; it was like broiled or mm-hmm. boiled. It was just boiled whatever, in water. Right? Yeah. 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 And I liked it though. Yeah. I mean, I had that 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 Coke at the time. 
that would be a Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And whatever else they gave you, probably like an ice cream or something after the game. Yeah. But, I mean, that was that was just as good as the baseball for a couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really good. But I go to so many baseball games, and I'm more of like a sausage pepper onion guy at a major yeah. league ballpark or at a minor league ballpark because – you had to get the sausage and peppers at Fenway Park. I was going to say, when we went to Fenway, that was a big thing that, like, everyone was telling us, oh, you got to get the sausage. So we did that. It, w- it was great. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I, I I don't necessarily associate a hot dog, although I think most would, with yeah. baseball. I mean, like, you know, obviously a hot dog is, like, the American iconic food. But I agree mm-hmm. with you, because if I go to a Brewers game, it's a bratwurst. Could it just you know? be because it's so different? At Like, it, it, there's a different take on each ballpark where it's like it's close to a hot dog but like you said it's a it's a sausage or mm-hmm. it's something different well i think ballparks have tried to make them that way too yeah. like in terms of identify with a certain food right. or, or whatever and you know ballpark food is off the charts now yeah. you go to like yankee stadium you can order a five course meal oh yeah i, I mean it's um, the new yankee stadium they have sushi they have everything it's Seattle's everything. got crickets don't they the Mariners have the crickets? Crickets, yeah, the crickets. We went to Omaha for the College World Series, and they had stuff like I can't even describe, but it was yeah. so big it, it, it took up four chairs, <laughs> four yeah. seats in the stadium. Like it was like 28 bucks and well worth it. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. So what other sports do you associate food with? Like is there a football food? Do you associate a certain food? I feel like dip. Like a, like a, whether it's a bean dip, uh, whatever know, dip, or whatever at your tailgate you know, would be the answer there. I, I almost want to change mine for for baseball now that I'm thinking about it. Peanuts. Um, yeah, peanuts be, and baseball go. Yeah, peanuts that's the sure. only time I ever buy like uh, shelled peanuts is right. at a ball game. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you just throw them on the ground because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the only time I eat shelled peanuts is there or at like Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, I was going to say, the only the two places you're allowed to throw the peanut shells on the ground. Wherever I can sure. throw them on the ground. Yeah. And Steph doesn't let me do that here. <laughs> so what else? What do we got football-wise? Is there an associated mm. food? There's well, so, so many different foods with football. The other problem I have, too, with football, Wings. I, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't been to a football game until I was of legal drinking age. So, like, for me, when I think of going to a Jags game, not when we were allowed to go into the – yeah, not when we were allowed to go in the press box because we kept it serious there. I just had my smoothie. That was it. Yeah, yeah. but but when I was going more just to sit in the stands and watch, so I associate, like, beer with football a little bit more. Uh, I'm with you on that, Coos. I think – That's cheating. I know. <laughs> no, because that's funny. Because I thought the exact same thing. Like when I think back to my tailgating, like what can, defines a tailgate with food? I'm like, well, beer. Can I uh, just say teal food is what a, I think? A of. liquid pork chop. Don't bring up that teal burger again, because that was a travesty. I would probably say either burgers, ribs, or wings. I think for football. Ribs, yeah, I think yeah. wings are gonna win the day. Yeah. Here, you know what needs, and maybe it does have. Like I, I think of hockey, and I think of those cold rinks and practices, and I think of like I don't like hot chocolate, but I think hot chocolate Ooh. or coffee oh, or something like hot, that. Hot chocolate, and then the, the walking taco, where they put they used yes. to take out uh, Fritos, and then you put chili oh. and cheese and sour cream mm-hmm. in there, and then you have a fork, you eat it out of the bag. Oh, dude, yeah, oh, the kids love that. Walking too. tacos are the best. So. So what about, like, if you went to an NHL game, though? Like, I feel like hockey should have a food that draws you to the arena. And I don't think they do. But they should. I feel like people are too busy, like, banging on the glass and fighting fighting in order to... I'm supposed to hold a plate of nachos now, too? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if they had an identifier, I think it would be really helpful to the sport. I don't think basketball has one either. I don't think they do either. 
Like I don't. Basketball I don't think... has the feel to me of like the same. Like there's no identifying food if you go to a concert or if yeah. you went to like a show, like the the circus or um, the like the Harlem Globetrotters, which is more of a show than a basketball game. You know, if you go to those, like you're probably gonna get that carnival kind of food, whether it's a pretzel, pretzel, peanuts, maybe some cotton candy, yeah, something popcorn. like that. I feel like basketball has, yeah, maybe more popcorn esque at a basketball game. Um, I don't feel it. It's interesting, right? Maybe maybe football has wings, probably, uh, but definitely baseball is the only identifier. All right, here's the real question. When you guys would go to, like, high school basketball games or, like, volleyball games and support your school, like, I'm sure you guys did so well, what was the go-to food at the at the vending machine? Skittles. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the boosters, yeah. Okay, Skittles, Brent? Yep. I don't think we ate anything. You kidding me? I don't think we ate anything. Ah, man. Yeah, it was definitely like a candy bar and Airheads. usually Skittles. And Airheads. Then, and then uh, those – you remember the caramel apple – did you have the caramel apple suckers down here? Yeah. No. Caramel apple suckers. Dude. They had them. The, <laughs> there was a rumor going around our school that caramel apple suckers had n- nicotine in them because they're so addicting. <laughs> No, it's probably not true. But you want to talk about, like, the ultimate fix, those caramel apple suckers. There was, like, part caramel, part apple goose, and then they're green. You want to talk about, like, you know, the the, the, the kid's version of a, of, a, of a fix? That was it. We caramel would, apple suckers. Look we them would up. do uh, at our, like, local, like, swim park area by our house. Yeah. We would uh, – the, the parents would bring, like, a full lemon – and then it would be like a, a a sugar straw, and you would stab oh, yeah. the lemon with the straw, and you drink out of lemon. Oh yeah, yeah. that was very good. You know, it's good to see Airheads have uh, lasted the test of time. That's still Kaylee, one of the Kaylee's go-to's at go. the concession stand. Let's go. She's a big concession stand fan. Mm. You know when when the Airhead version for me, like we didn't have those when I was a kid, but I would always go at the store and I'd get now and later's. Oh, now, see, that, that wasn't necessarily at the uh, concession stand, but I would no, go to the store they, to get now and later. They stick to your teeth, though, man. Oh, they're t- but when you're a kid, man, you, you're tough enough to handle that. I now guess. That, that milk duds, too. <laughs> milk duds stick to your teeth. They do. All right. Uh, what inconvenience. Hope you're hungry now. Starving. After all this talk on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, a little more conversation with Marvin Jones coming up. Austin's going to take it home from here. I'm actually headed to a ball game. Maybe I'll get a hot dog. <laughs> There you go, man. <laughs> uh, we'll do it again tomorrow as well. But uh, half hour to go here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 from the Action Sports Shacks studios of return. Austin Lane. I want you to put yourself in Leonard Fournette's shoes. Probably a little bigger shoes than you're rocking right now. Mm-hmm. Shocker, you're wearing sandals, and that's all good, though. Brent Martineau. Well, you, you are, you too. They're just like, <laughs> I mean, they're just like, look I like might vans. as well be. I might as well be. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You can tell the amount of hostility and the amount of hatred in the, in, in the stands. You know, how many in the, in the, in the stands have never done nothing, anything wrong in their life? You know, you know, we paid the price for it. How many people have not, you know, on the test or, or, or whatever at some point in time? I mean, it's easy, you know, if you live in glass houses, but I don't think anybody lives in glass houses. And, uh, you know, sometimes we need to look at ourselves before you, uh, you know, spew hate on, on somebody else. Like I said, it's, uh, it's a sad, you know, situation for, you know, for America to me. You know, when you, when you hear things, I mean, what are the kids supposed to think in the stands or, you know, and then, and some of them are kids. They're following their parents, and uh, it's, uh, it's sad to me. Like I said, it, you know, people make mistakes. You know, we paid for ours, and, uh, you know, we say leave it alone. Oh, 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 no. 
they're throwing trash cans on the field. One of them was a real trash can, and one of them was inflatable. We can't handle it. What about the kids? Who was, who was that? I would say Houston Astros player. It's got to be. A Dusty Baker. Dusty manager. Baker. Oh, okay. Wow. See, I don't like making fun of Dusty Baker. Dusty, you're, you're literally learning one of the most common lessons that you learn in all of life. And that is that people do not forget. And when you play a professional sport at the highest of levels with the, with the ultimate consequences of a World Series and you cheat and you win and you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar, with your pants down or your hand on the trash can, you better believe there's a storm of brewing. Okay? Now to say that, you know, suspensions were put in place, sure. Twitter was outraged. Yeah, but you are naive if you don't think that people are going to show up to those ballparks ticked off, remembering. And by the way, well, have, have have had a year to marinate on the whole well, topic because of COVID-19. And that's where I am with it. In my opinion, it's one of those things is if we had a, had an entire year for all the teams to get that out of their system. Sure. Maybe we could revisit a conversation in year two of this. But last year they didn't have that moment, you know. No, th- so. th- they didn't. And like, listen, I- I'm reminded of you know, growing up a Brewers fan, I'm reminded back in 2003 when Sosa got caught using a corked bat. Do you know how many times I shout corked back every single time Sammy Sosa came up the plate uh, in Milwaukee? And this is years after the fact. But it's just, it is what it is, man. You cheated, you got busted, and now you're labeled as a cheater. Because I don't like you because you're a Chicago Cub. It's just what it is. People aren't going to like you because you won a World Series by cheating and you got busted. That's just what it is. Like, I understand that we equate a lot of things to real life when it comes to professional sports. As we should. There's a lot of lessons to take good and bad about professional sports. But this is different, though. This isn't just... I mean, heck, man. Like, one of my best friends, Andrew, used to charge us... When we were 16 in high school, used to charge us money for going in his car. Used to charge us gas money. He would take his places, but we had to pay him gas money. 17, 18 years after the fact, and we're still talking about him. Like, hey, dude, remember we used to charge us gas money? What was up with that? Like, we still... Like, we haven't let that go. And that was the dumbest thing ever. So when you have something as serious as cheating... As as and when I say serious, I mean like okay, steroids is one thing, but knowing what pitch is coming, like literally handicapping the game like you did, there's gonna be repercussions. And, and you can sit here and say, are we sending a good message to the youth? And you can sit there and feel sorry for yourselves because nobody likes you, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, y'all made your beds. Now you gotta lay in it. Eventually, it'll blow over. Probably won't be this year. May not be next year. Heck, could be a decade. As long as the Houston Astros keep on having success, they're still they're going to know about it. People are going to let them know about it. It's only till until the the Houston Astros reach the depths of the Baltimore Orioles or the depths of you know the Miami Marlins, where people I think are going to lay off. But until that time, you're you're the villain. And people love to cheer against the villain. Like, people love to hate the Yankees. All right? Brent hates the Yankees. I'm not the biggest fan of the Yankees. Either you love the Yankees or you hate the Yankees. Well, Houston Astros, come on down. 
because you guys are are the new hated team in baseball. And I know hate's a strong word, but I haven't seen any other fan throwing real trash cans. <laughs> or once again, and where do you get an inflatable trash can from? You know they had to have brought that in. Like what, they planned that. Do we, What ballpark was that from? Do we know that? I believe it was Dodgers. Do- L.A.? Well, which yeah, makes yeah, the most yeah, sense because the, the Dodgers had the most to lose. Which is why they the would be thing. obviously upset. Yeah, just be thankful it was, a, it was a couple trash cans and nobody came on the field and wanted to fight you guys. Right. It's L.A. They don't mess around, man. Go to a Dodgers and Giants game and see how they, how they get down. I've heard stories. I've read articles. So I get it, Dusty Baker. You've watched the film? Hey, I've checked the head excuse. <laughs> Check the tape. Check the tape. And I've watched the film. Yeah. Not good. Stay out of that one. Dusty Baker, I respect you as a, you know, as a skipper, let's just say, but you're naive if you don't think that people are going to be upset. Now, if this was a Cubs situation and they cheated to beat the Milwaukee Brewers, would I encourage my son to to, to throw a Sammy Sosa cork on the field? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it could be a family affair. Maybe it's a lane affair. But you're going to learn a valuable lesson, man. And when you mess with people's fandom and their sports and you take away a championship away from them, um, you, you might as well go after a family member. All right? People take that stuff personally. I don't feel bad for the Astros. I think they have this stuff coming. Um, and not until the Astros – and mark my words. We will talk about this day in and day out. It may not be every single day. But mark my words. This year especially and probably next year until the Houston Astros – are a bad team, this will be a storyline. And it has to, because it's the power of professional sports. Kuz, should we go to break here, wrap it up? We'll come back here for one more. Talk about Steph Curry a little bit. Is Steph Curry going to stay in Golden State? Is LeBron James recruiting him to go to the Lakers? And if Steph Curry does indeed go to the Lakers, what will that do for Steph Curry's legacy? I don't even want to talk about it, all right? I'm still upset with the Brooklyn Nets and and how they're doing the Milwaukee Bucks right now because they got 10 all-stars on the team. So I'm stressed out about that. And now I got to worry about Steph Curry possibly going to the L.A. Lakers? Fact or fiction? We break it down next year on ESPN 690. I mean, I definitely think frustrated about this season they had higher hopes and then clay's injury derailed them and he's been banged up a couple of times and it's just been it's you know the warriors really thought they were going to leap right back into it you know they, they took it on the chin last year okay they got their draft pick now they were going to come back into it and it hasn't worked out and i think you know there's been a couple of games this year where they've been embarrassed and blown off the court and he's gotten frustrated but you know i don't think that in that mindset but the reality is he has a contract extension decision this summer. Um, I'm sure the Warriors will offer him an extension, uh, whether it's the full max, which could be four years and around $200 million, or it's something else. You know, we'll see how that goes. And at that time, he'll either sign it and commit himself to being a Warrior basically for life because it will be a deal that would take him to age 37 or 38, or he won't, and then we'll have a five-alarm fire. But <laughs> I, I think that uh, – I just think he's frustrated. Is that Woj? Windhorse. Windhorse? Brian Windhorse. Brian Windhorse? Yeah. Yeah. He, he followed sure. LeBron, came oh, up I with know. LeBron. Okay, I yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Uh, uh, he's pretty big. 
I mean, he, he he ain't no Woj, but he's big. Windhorse. I, I, no, I know who he is. I don't. I mean, I don't know him. Cause I couldn't pick him out of a Windhorse lineup. But <laughs> I get what you're saying. Real quick though, before we go to the Marvin Jones interview to end the show out here that Brent did with him. Um, Steph Curry going to the Lakers. Cuz any truth to that rumor? What do you think? I don't believe there's any truth to the rumors. I think it's just Curry, like Windhorse was just saying, expressing frustration. They got blown out by the Raptors. I mean, they lost seventy-seven, or they yeah, they lost seventy-seven to one thirty. It's not like, fun. Yeah, you almost gave up fifty points in a quarter. Yeah. So there's frustration. <sighs> I think that's all it is. I get there's frustration from Steph Curry's part. As you should be. You're one of the best basketball players in the league, and you're essentially wasting back-to-back seasons. But at the same time, I mean, I know you can't chalk it up to bad luck. Like Clay Thompson gets hurt. Like, that's bad luck. And that shouldn't make the difference between a good season and a bad season. But Clay Thompson is a very dynamic player, not only on offense and defense. He's part of the Splash Brothers, for crying out loud. And, and then Draymond Green, I think, has kind of regressed a little bit this year. So th- there's that as well. I'll just say this about Steph Curry. Because they're all saying that LeBron's trying to coax him to go to L.A. I just think from Seth Curry's legacy that if he doesn't stay in Golden State, he's going to tarnish it. I understand that you've revolutionized the three-point shot. You've been an MVP. You've won a championship. But when I think of the Golden State Warriors, I think of Steph Curry. When I think of the Milwaukee Bucks, I think of Giannis Adekempo. Like To me, the Bucks have already won a championship because Giannis Adekempo chose to stay in Milwaukee when he could have went wherever he wanted. And I feel like Steph has the exact same um, course of action right now where if he chooses to stay in Golden State and kind of sees it through, I think you'll be celebrated more for doing that as opposed to going to L.A. and trying to win some more championships. But time will tell. It's definitely going to be a storyline uh, to check out. Hey, Kuz, you know what they say? One to watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one to watch. Keep you posted. It's going to be one to watch these next couple months. All right. Well, uh, we teased it a little bit earlier on the show. We got uh, we got an interview here with Marvin Jones. I guess him and Brent get into music a little bit, maybe a little yeah. Garth Brooks chatter, and maybe a little. Huh? And I was going to say, it'll take us up right to the end of the show. All right. So let's, let's hit the interview real quick, and then we'll sign out here, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. So many new Jaguars free agents to meet uh, along the way. And, of course, it's been a year. We haven't got to meet a lot of the players in person. So here we are virtually once again, and it's Marvin Jones. And check out the studio. I mean, the recording. T- I was going to get to the music stuff a little bit later on, man, but you made it front and center. You're putting me to shame here. What a place for this interview. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to I had to come to the studio to um, you know, drop, a, drop a few tracks. So I'm 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 down here. Uh, yeah. So I got a, got a little setup. We got the the sound booth here. Um, this is a makeshift sound booth. Um, so I don't have to record and run and jump in there and try to try to sing and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a nice a nice little setup. So I normally have a setup wherever wherever I go. So you know, you'll see a setup in Jacksonville somewhere. <laughs> It takes just a little Google search to know that you, you you did the American Idol thing. So you obviously like to sing and you and you have a voice. But I didn't know you did more of this. Like so, you're continually working. Uh, on oh yeah, music oh, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 a hobby for me, you know. So um, it's not like I'm down here every single day uh, of the week, you know. But every time I you know want to release or I just uh, feel like you know something pops in my head, then I then I come down. Um, you know, wherever I am, I, I, I write it down and have a little session with myself, record and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's definitely a hobby, um, you know, that I could have took serious, but I like I like how I do now. I like how I do it now. I have my setup. Um, you know, I work with a, a couple of producers. I'm, I'm working on a, 
an album, an English album, a Spanish album. So, like, I'm, you know, kind of, I kind of do that on my spare time. So, what kind of music? Uh, R&B. So R&B music, uh, like soul, like ballads and stuff. And then uh, on the Spanish side, um, bachata, salsa, reggaeton. I, I try to keep it diverse. So, uh, so you're very fluid in Spanish. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, well, you're in Motown. I mean, so you're having a recording su- studio, I guess, isn't that? But you got to tell us about the American Idol experience, though, from Katy Perry's, uh, you know, analysis of, of your voice to everything. What was that like? It was it was a nice it was a nice experience. It was real fun. You know, it, that was in Nashville. Um, I actually did it on a on a bye week, and it's it's crazy because I was actually um, not going to do it um, because we had I think we had just lost to the Saints, and you know. So ESPN and the American Idol, they're they're like American Idol's coming back, and we want you you to be kind of the first the first thing. So they reached out to me, and at first I was like, no, and I was like, no, I, no, I'm you know it's a bye week, I'm gonna chill. You know we lost and stuff like that, and like a, like you know my wife and like my agent and people around me were like, I think I think you should do it. You know like just do it. You you wanted to do that before and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I try it and stuff like that. And it, it ended up being a great, a, a great experience, you know? So, um, I went on American Idol. Um, I sung, I ended up getting a golden ticket, um, to go to LA and, um, and, you know, with Katy Perry, uh, Lionel Richie, Luke Bryan, you know, just talking, talking to them and getting their analysis and talking to them after and stuff like that to, you know, potentially, you know, keep going in American Idol, which I obviously I couldn't do just because of the timing. Um, it was it was fun. Yeah, it was fun just to to go in there and and, and, and do what I do. So uh, it didn't end up working out just because uh, February in February we had to I had to live in a hotel for the whole month of February. And I'm like, huh, I got I, I got five. I have five kids. Like, I can't do that. Like, I'll come up every because I, I was in San Diego. So. I was like, I could come up every weekend and stuff like that and record and do that stuff and meet with the, you know, the co- the coaches and stuff. And um, they were like, no, you have to be there. I was like, well, no, I already, we already did it. It already aired on ESPN. Like I don't have to be American Idol, but it was just a good experience. Um, but they, but they really wanted me to, uh, to, you know, keep going. So That's that was, that cool, was a good man. experience. That's pretty cool. I mean, you kind of turned down American Idol, or at least the opportunity for Hollywood. I mean, come on. That's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. So it, it was just good to be on there. Um and and do the track because it's something that I've always wanted to do ever since you know obviously it came out in you know the early 2000s I've always kind of wanted to do it so um I crossed it out the bucket list so you know that's no more <laughs> one more question about your singing are, are you the guy that just breaks out and sings in the locker room I mean do you have players no. asking you to sing no no I, I'm not the guy that just breaks out and 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 does it you know I just kind of keep it keep keep it to myself but if I have to then then I break it out you know you sure you don't want to sing us out of here, man? I mean, you're in the recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's easy. What do you got? Um, I do a song when I was in high school. <clears throat> There's something about the way you chill and do your thing. And I can't wait for the chance to see you every day. There's something I would like to say, but I'm just too shy. Oh, I really want to be a guy. That was that was my 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 15 year old Marvin song. <laughs> Here's your ticket, man. You're coming to Jacksonville. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, I'm staying this time. You know, it's not like American Idol. You know, this I'm here to stay. So yeah, yeah, y'all stuck with me. I I mean, could could somebody chill out in this guy's talent? I mean, he's a well-known NFL. By the way, that's Marvin Jones. 
a well-known NFL wide receiver. Guy's got a voice like an angel. Dude sings R&B. Oh, and Spanish. Thank God he's married. Because anybody right now in the Pontevedra era, area or the Jackson Beach area that heard that and heard his background, I mean... Guys, better lock up your wives. Marvin Jones Jr. is on the, on the loose. Is he even junior? Maybe not junior anymore. Regardless of that, though, he's married, has five kids, I believe. Wow. I was not ready for that whole singing thing there, Coos. That was insane. Unreal. All right, Marvin Jones, welcome to Jacksonville. I, I'm a, well, we got to do some kind of like shock your mock R&B Spanish kind of song with him next year. With that being said, though, our time is coming to an end. So for Austin Lane, for... Brett Martino, Justin Coos pushing all the right buttons. We'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay casual. Peace.